0: There's a Buddhist parable that has guided me through many a perilous transition. A man is standing on the banks of a treacherous, raging river. It's rainy season. If he can't get to the other side, he's done. He quickly builds a raft and uses it to safely cross the river. In joyous relief, he high-fives himself, lifts the raft, and heads towards the forest. But as he attempts to make his way through the dense tree cover, the raft is banging and knocking into trees and becoming entangled in vines, preventing him from moving forward. He only has one chance for survival. He must leave the raft behind. The vessel that saved his life yesterday is the same one that will kill him today if he doesn't let it go. The raft represents our outmoded ideas and old ways of thinking that no longer serve us. For example, the same angry, aggressive persona you cultivated as a child to protect yourself from bullies and predators will now destroy every relationship you have if you're unwilling to let it go. Things can be perfectly useful and absolutely necessary during certain periods of our lives, but a time will come when we must put, aside, put them aside or die. Simply put, if we don't adapt, we become extinct. And that passage is from Will Smith's book, Chapter 11, Adaption. And this is the Agitator's Asylum. You know, this is season two. I'm AJ, the agitated one. And this is episode number six. Number six, man. I'm making my way through this. So I want to start that off. Um. With that passage, because it touched me in a subject that I wanted to t- uh, talk about, which was um knowing how to read the room. So, you know, growing up, I was I was pretty much like my kids, man. I was, you know, not always a pleasure to be around, but I I could be entertaining to people because, you know, I would say stuff that would shock adults. Sometimes I would I, I would do stuff that would impress adults. And that's what kids do kids can do the simplest things sometimes and then you be like oh man you know it's, it's funny because a kid said it or a kid did it if an adult was to do it you would just look at them because like yeah well that's what you're supposed to do or that's not really funny or um but it's impressive if you see a young child do it then children will say and do things that you like how do you even know about that or how do you even know how to you know talk like that or where did you learn that word you know so kids are you know can very easily impress you and then Um, so I was kind of like that as a kid, I wasn't the smartest, but I was, I was pretty good in school. Um, I hated reading, hated reading. Um, my dad might try his best to push me, push me like, man, you gotta read, you gotta read, you gotta read until it hurt. You know, and I try to stress that to my kids. Now you gotta read, you gotta learn how to read just as much as you like playing video games, just as much as you like watching TV, just as much as you like playing with toys. I'm trying to push myself there because every now and then I can get, I can get into a book like um, like this Will Smith book, it's actually a, a a good book. But I started reading it months ago, and I, I just lost that that feeling, that desire to read. So I put it down. I kept trying to pick it up, and I maybe read a page or two here. I just kept putting it down. Luckily, I can remember you know a, a good part of the book because most of the time when I put books down, man, I, I have a hard time remembering the things that I read. So I try to you know. So I think I'm gonna make my way through it. I'm I'm, I'm a little over halfway through now, and uh, <clears throat> but. I think about his personality. Will Smith's personality is, and you, and you, if you watch his interviews, he says the same thing, you know, he would try to be funny because his dad would get angry sometimes and, you know, maybe beat them or beat his mom. And he thought if I could make him laugh, I could protect myself. And he carried that into his adulthood. So that's the issue that him and Janet Hubert had was that she wasn't impressed by his you know his antics the things that he would do his his jokes and his being silly all the time cuz she was going through something that he never thought to ask hey what's what's going on he just thought that hey this person is against me. She's not laughing with me. I can't do anything to, to bring her joy. So now she's my enemy because that's the way he saw his dad at times when he would get angry. So if you if you got that same look or you got that same way about you, now I consider you an enemy. I can't do anything to make you laugh. What I normally do doesn't work. And it just never crosses his mind to say, hey, what's going on? And you know, if you, and if you, you know, get into his story, his dad wasn't a completely bad guy, you know. He worked hard. He taught them how to work hard. He gave them lessons. He just had a, he just that, did that part of his life, and some other things were just, you know, um he wasn't always their protector. He was sometimes their enemy, you know. So, so, and I know <laughs> I'm, I'm talking about my my topic is read the room, but I'm, I'm I was I'm saying all this to say. Sometimes when I, I love making people laugh, I'm not a comedian, I'm not the funniest person, but every now and then I can say stuff to make people laugh and it, and it brings me joy, you know, cause I'm not a basketball player. I can't get on the court and, and amaze you with basketball skills. I'm not a rapper or a singer. I don't have, you know, I don't have this amazing voice. Um, I can write poetry, but I don't get on stage and read my poetry. You know, I'm not, I don't do poetry slams or nothing like that. So when I can, you know, when I invite you to my house or I, I set up an event, I want you to have fun. You know, I'm hoping that what I invited you to or what movie we're going to see or what restaurant we're going to is going to be nice. The food is going to be good. And, you know, if I say, man, let's go downtown and hang out, I hope that we all have a good time because if we don't, I'm going to feel bad. Like, man, I just invited y'all to uh, this boring event or, you know, to my house. and We ain't doing nothing. So when I'm able to make it, and I'm, I'm I'm not always aiming to make people laugh. Sometimes I just want to bring people together and feel like I did that. I brought these 10 people together and we all had an amazing time. And I wasn't, I don't wanna be the center of attention, but when I do have your attention, I do enjoy making people laugh. I enjoy making my wife laugh. I enjoy putting smiles on my kids' faces. You know, I enjoy making my parents laugh or or saying something that, you know, that impresses them. But, you know, as I grew up, I like I said, I was, you know, I was from Enfield. So when I was in Enfield, I knew those people, so sometimes I could make people laugh, and sometimes I just sat back and just let people do their thing. When I moved, I didn't know anybody. So when I came to Rocky Mount, I didn't know nobody. So I was like this goofy, you know, weird dressed kid um, that didn't really have no friends. You know, over time, you know, of course I, you know, met a few people, but I was goofy for the first few years I was in Rocky Mount, from seventh grade to, I think ninth grade. Man, was ninth grade started to get a little bit better, but it was. It was just a weird transition, you know. It was, it was horrible. Of course, you know you're going through puberty and all this stuff, and you know you're you worried about what you got on. You worry about impressing the girls. I'm trying to. I'm trying to develop a new sense of humor. So I'm trying to like think of jokes in my head, you know, because I love imitating the greats, but I like to come up with my own stuff and say and be original. And I would come up with stuff that was like kind of. You can see I was trying to be creative with the joke, but it, it just didn't come off right. It was, like, weird and stupid. But people still would hang around me because I wasn't that bad, you know. And as I got older, I realized that I started being a little bit more comfortable with myself, and I could say stuff that made sense. And now, oh, now I can say stuff to impress you. Now I can actually make you laugh. I want to say everything I said wasn't whack. And then I start, like I said, I started you know, getting to know people. I started dressing a little better. I started, um, you know, taking care of myself a little bit more. I started becoming a little bit, you know, a little bit more handsome. And like I said, I didn't have the girls like that, but I'm saying, you know, I, I was cool with a lot more of the guys. You know, I was cool with the thugs. I was cool with some of the jocks. I was cool with, you know, just people that I that I hang around with, you know, who, anybody. I ain't really discriminate, but, you know, it was a few people I might have been like, man, nah, I ain't hanging with them, and I kind of regret it. But, and then, like I said, everybody didn't like me, you know, but the people that I hung around for the most part, I didn't get – you know, like people trying to pick on me no more, like that. I, I, I you know, I would um, stand up for myself a little bit more, especially when I got in high school. I didn't have the problems that I had when I was younger. Um, when I went to, when I got to northern, it wasn't as bad. Like if I did, it definitely wasn't nowhere near, and it wasn't like that when it was in um, junior high, and middle school. So, <clears throat> of course, I graduate. Now I'm getting older. Now you know, of course, I'm, you know, I'm free to move around. I'm getting to know different people. So I'm tell this story. I was with my wife and we was with one of her, one of her um, close um, friends or family members. And that person brought, you know, we went out to eat and they brought their friend, their, two of their friends. That was a couple came and I didn't know them. So, of course, like I said, I don't know them. I want to, I'm not aiming to impress you, but if we're sitting there together having a conversation, yeah, I want to make you laugh. I want to be a part of the conversation. I want you to think I'm cool. Basically, I want you know, I don't wanna be the bad guy at the table. I don't wanna be the weird dude at the guy at the table that didn't talk or, you know, that was, you know, that was being standoffish. I want, you know, I want you to know that I'm cool, you know, even if we ain't gonna be friends, you know when you see me, you know, it's like what you, you can say what's up, we can have a, you know, you know, pleasantries or whatever and, and move on. So um <laughs> so we sent at the table, we eating, and I don't remember what I said, but I think I was cursing. And I was saying stuff that maybe they weren't ready for or it was just too much. And I do too much sometimes, probably trying to impress them. And I can remember the look on their faces. And I was like, man, it was, you know, and the the two, they're married now. And I remember the look on the guy's face and and his wife, and wife likes his wife now. And I was like, this ain't going well. So I think I kind of, I think I pulled it back. And I was like, they probably don't even like me. And they probably don't want to hang around me no more. So I said, okay, I'm going to chill. So I think we ended up hanging out again because I remember seeing them again. And I think I it's not that I wasn't being myself. Some, sometimes I'm doing too much. So I got to realize, like, hey, you got to know the room. You got to read the room. So I think the next time I seen them, it was a little bit more pleasant for them. You know, it was enough to make me mad. Like, oh, you don't get my jokes or you you looking at me, you judging me. But, and I might've thought that, like, you know, I don't, I mean, it, it's how I really don't care about hanging around. I don't really care if I don't ever see them again. It don't, you know, it ain't going to bother me. They're not my friends, you know, but I didn't try to impress them. I just was like, man, just chill, enjoy the conversation, be a part of the conversation. um And like I said, it, and it happened to me again, again, with my wife's people that my wife hang with. So my wife went to UNC Charlotte. And there were people from Rocky Mount that went there as well that was a little bit younger than her, but she was cool with them and she got to know them um, either through a sorority or whatever, you know, classes or whatever. And um, we ended up meeting her friends and a lot more of their friends that went to Rocky Mount Senior this this particular person or, or a few people she knew, I think they went to Rocky Mount. And I'm sitting at the end of the table with my wife and you know, they're there. And I'm, you know, I greet everybody. I don't know anybody at the table, um, you know, and I'm I'm not, you know, you know, we joking about me going to Northern and, and they going to, you know, our rival school, rocking Senior High, and all that. And, you know, we laughing and stuff. And then they end up saying, I end up telling them like, well, y'all know, y'all know my cousin. And they say, yeah, we know him, you know, and such, such, such. They were like, yeah, we know his sister too. I was like, oh, you mean his stepsister? And the girl looked at me and said, no, that's his real sister. And I've been knowing this guy for years. I've been knowing my, my, my cousin for, I was, I mean, my boy, you know, we, we like cousins through marriage. And I was like, I said, no, that's his stepsister. They said, no, that's, I'm pretty sure that's his real sister. They knew her. I didn't. So me and him been hanging out the way he talked about his sister. He really ain't got the best relationship with his dad. And that's his, you know, he's, he's his mom's only child, but his dad has a, a daughter. And the, I said, the way, you know, and I felt, and I was sitting there about to argue with them, like, nah, the way he talked about her, like, that's his stepsister. They said, nope. And I called him, I said, man, your sister. I said, is that your blood sister? Or is that your stepsister? And he said, oh, man, yeah, that's my blood sister. We got the same dad. I was like, man, the way you talk about her, and he even felt like he even had like shame in his voice as he was saying it. I said, man, the way you talk about her, like, she don't ever come around, you know, um, <coughs> uh, like, dude, you talk about her like she, like she's the you know, like she's the step sister that you don't really deal with like that. And they don't have the best relationship. He don't have the best relationship with his dad. He do talk to him. He do go see him. You know, at a job. He do. You know, he just they always falling out, and it's always some crazy. So him and his sister don't have the best relationship either. And 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 it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, when you grow up in the house an only child, you know, your mom's only child, and then you got a, you know, you got another sibling. You know, I always thought that, you know, I know siblings not siblings are not always close. But at that time, it was hard for me to imagine that. And then I felt bad because, and this guy hang out all the time. And he rarely talks about it. And we does talk about Like I said, he talks about it like she's not a blood relative. And I was like, man, you know, because, you know, blood don't make you – like me and him closer probably than him and her are. You know, we're not even blood. You know what I'm saying? But I call him my cousin. Most time I call him my brother because that's how close we are. But I kind of – I read the room and they were like, I made them uncomfortable. Like they were looking at me like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I didn't, I had to be like, and I had to go back and still try to defend myself. Like, man, that the way he talked about it. And I was like, man, these people probably gonna go back and tell her, you know, I didn't even know what she looked like. As far as I know, she could have been at the table. You know what I'm saying? She could have been one of the people that got invited out. So those are like two examples of times that I like, I guess put my foot in my mouth, like, man, so you just got to know how to read the room. I didn't, I don't have to, I have to alter my behavior sometimes because sometimes trying to be, impress people, I might go over the top. Um. I remember I was at one of my close friends' house and it was about, I don't know, 10, 12 of us on this porch. And I know most of the people on the porch and we, I mean, I'm talking about we on the back porch. It's like, it's like this type of weather right here, like in between, like, Transitioning, I believe, uh, from it was a good it was a good night to be on the porch. It was it was chilly, but it wasn't because um, it, it's it's October right now, so it was somewhere around this time of the year. A few years ago, we sitting on the back porch having a good time, probably you know doing whatever. And one of the guys was like real, you know, kind of intellectual dude, and he you know talked about the books that he read, and we started talking about you know Black history and things, and I, and I and I'm mostly I'm behind on the things that I should know but i got you know a few books that, that that i'm trying to get through and i'm trying to you know i'm follow a lot of black history pages on instagram i try to watch certain documentaries and at the time i was watching like the hidden um with well, the hidden colors documentary i watched a few of them and we and i started like spitting off you know in relation to the topic we were talking about i started spitting off some of the stuff that i heard in the documentary that i believed that i understood And the guy cut me off. Look, there was so many people, and I guess he he just didn't. I hate when people do that, don't cut me off when I'm talking. And he cut me off when I was trying to make my point. And then he, like, I felt like he threw a shot at me because he said something about, yeah, some people think they can go watch a documentary, you know, and what they see on TV, then they can start spinning it off. And I was like, because that's what I felt like I was doing because I'm like, well, I'm actually saying something that I heard in a documentary that a lot of scholars and, you know, activists and, you know, people that we, that I follow like Michael Eric Dyson and Umar Johnson, regardless how you feel about them, they're not always wrong. And what, you know, like Umar, you might not believe he was building a school, but the dude is, you know, you can't say that he don't know his history. You know, you can't say that he's wrong about everything he says, you know, Cornell West and, you know, um, <laughs> all these people. And I'm like, like, man, like, and I said, like, did he just diss me? So my boy, some years ago when COVID hit, and me and my boy were trying to get together because when I would hang with people, they would come to my house and we would just sit on the porch. So we would not have to be in the house, so we can at least have some, you know, maybe if anybody did have COVID, maybe we have a chance for the air to just, you know, saying like it won't, we won't be in a tight space. We'll be, you know, outside where the air maybe can, you know, <laughs> hopefully take it away or do, or whatever. We didn't understand COVID at the time and still have a hard time with it sometimes. But you know, it was four of us on it was uh it was four it was going to be four of us on the porch and his his boy lives in Durham or something. And he said, hey man, you mind if I invite my boy? I said, who is that? He told me his name. I said, well, I didn't want to make the other two people come in uncomfortable because we you know, one of them I hadn't hung around since COVID started. And the other one, me, and he, I know how he was and me and him would hang out a lot on my on my porch. But I was like, well, I'm not, you know, I don't want to make nobody feel uncomfortable because no one knows him. And he, don't, and he don't know us like this. So I was like, I said, nah, And he was like, all right, man, it's cool, it's cool. He said, I ain't going to invite him. So I explained to him later why. I said, yo, that's that dude that I felt like he disrespected me on your porch that day. Like, he, you know, he cut me off when I was talking. I felt like he he threw a shot at me. And I said, maybe I just took it personal. You know what I'm saying? Maybe I just took it too personal. And um, because that's the way I felt. Because I'm like, yeah, I haven't read all the books in the world. I haven't studied. I haven't took all these, you know, black history classes. But I try to absorb as much as I can so I can teach my children and I can, at least I, as they come up, I can tell them, like, you need to read this book. You know, I'm not I'm like, make them. I'm like, you sometimes you gotta make them. Like my dad, he tried his best, you know, to have me listen to certain stuff, watch certain stuff, read as much as I can. I just would read every now and then, but I just wouldn't stick to it. I was playing video games, I was, I was watching TV. You know, I, I spent too much time locked in my room in front of the TV and I wish I had spent more time. I would go out, but it wouldn't be doing anything constructive other than maybe working out. You know, I would be hanging out. I wouldn't be, you know, I wish I had learned about, just so much so we can, that's a whole nother topic and I done touched on it before, but you got to read the room. And I and I, that time, I like I said, I took what that man said personal and I, I didn't, I wanted to get, I was hoping that it was going to happen again. That's when it happens. And you kind of like, did that just happen? And if he had did it again, I would have corrected him. Like, dude, you're not going to keep cutting me off, you know. And I never got that opportunity, which happens to me a lot. People do stuff, and they're able to get away with it. And then, you know, and sometimes the times I have confronted people, they was like, oh, I, that's not what I was trying to do. I didn't mean, you know. But you just got to stand up for yourself. But you still got to know how to read the room. Been around plenty of people that, you know, uh, you, got a, you got a family member or a friend that, that, that shouldn't drink in public. 'Cause they don't know how to handle their look. And I'm gonna talk about this a lot, and I've talked about this in the past. But you get invited somewhere, but you didn't know this person was coming, and or they or they invite you while they're at your house. You know, you got your family member, friend at your house, and then somebody, Hey man, I'm having a cookout, man, won't you come? And you like, man, look, if I come, man, my 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 people just came to the house. I need, you know, can they come with me? It was like, yeah, man, come on. You take them and they act up. Or they they they're saying things they shouldn't be saying. You know, and they can't control the look and then they keep drinking you like, you know, and they may making people feel uncomfortable, they making people wanna <laughs> I had somebody at my house one time that they came in town, they didn't they didn't they they thought they had somewhere to stay and they didn't. So I was like, well, you know, at the time we had this we had this brand new house, all these empty rooms. And um, we didn't have any kids at the time, and um, and I said, "Man, well, y'all can stay with me." It was all right. So we come, and the, you know, somebody, you know, they <laughs> they drink, they get drunk, and they just start saying stuff, and they 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 it's just they just said something they had no business. I'm not gonna repeat it because you know people know what I'm talking about. But they they said something. I'm like, I didn't correct him because I knew he was drunk, but his 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 girlfriend or wife at the time jumped, I didn't realize that she got up after he said it. And my wife looked at me, she was like, did you, did you see his wife jump up? She was like, did he really just say that? I said, yeah, I heard him. And I said, he didn't keep going, but I, um, and I said, I knew he was drunk. So I said, I wasn't gonna make it worse than what it was. Um, he got up, went outside, he came back in and, you know, he, 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 I couldn't tell. I thought he was going because the way he was looking, I couldn't see. Like, he looked like he was upset about something. And but he, he, I, I was like, Is he about to punch me? So I kind of like wrapped my arm around him to make sure that we were good. And then I was all right. And then I kind of pushed him off into the you know, go to bed because he made his wife uncomfortable, which they ain't married no more. You know, I don't know. <laughs> it just, it was just funny. My wife was like, I, I said, babe, I heard him, but I was not going to confront him because he was drunk. And I wasn't about to make it where we were not. I said, We, it was time for bed. I said he. I'ma let him sleep it off. He woke up the next morning. He was fine. I was like, see, that's sometimes what you got to do. You got to know, read the room. I didn't like. Yeah, that 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 was terrible. He didn't read the room because he was drunk. He couldn't because his eyes were flowing. But I read the situation. Don't confront him. He said it. He done said it now. Ain't no need to get mad with him. Let's just try to get him to go to bed. And, and within about 30 minutes, he was in the bed. The next morning, like I said, he woke up, he was completely normal. Probably don't even remember saying, and I would probably never bring it up to him, but I've said it to other people. because it was like, man, you should have said something like, no, there's no point. What I'm gonna start something for now. We got kids in the house, we got all these women in the house, and me and him in here arguing, and then we start fighting. You know, and then if I, you know, I might look like the bad guy because I, I was like, I'm be honest with you, I'm definitely going to win. I'm not, gonna lose, not, I'm not losing no fight in my house. At least I'm not going to admit that I'm losing. No, we're not losing. No, it was, it would been pointless. Tear my, what am I going to tear my house up for? And then I get in, I got to kick him out. Because <laughs> I'm not, not going, to, we're not going to fight and you're going to stay, especially if you win. You think I'm going to let you stay in my house you're going to beat me up? No, no, that's not one of those situations. If I beat you up, I'm still going to want you to leave. Like, nah, you know. So, Oh man, I. You and I know all of us have that. All of us have that thing where you can, you know, you have a, a hard time. You know, you you've been somewhere where you're trying to adapt. You're trying to read the room. You're trying to figure out how to maneuver. And some people know, but we do it every day. You go to church. You know, I can't drink in church. I can't smoke in church. I can't curse in church. I shouldn't wear certain things to church. I shouldn't, you know, I, I I shouldn't have certain conversations in church. You go to work, you have to dress a certain way. You adapt everywhere you go. You read, you should read the room everywhere you go. Now, a lot of us have people that we feel comfortable with at work, but you got to be careful with that too. Because certain, you know, you're not supposed to talk about religion, politics, um, certain topics, um, race issues at work. But you know, it's certain people that you can talk about that stuff with. But you still gotta be careful. You still gotta be careful with it, cause if it go to that conversation go the wrong way and they report you, they be like, well, "Why were y'all talking about it anyway?" You know, so, or they or somebody overhears a conversation you have and it makes them uncomfortable. You know, like I said, you got to read the room. You got to know where you are. Uh, you know, we adapt when we go in public. It's certain things I say to my family and my friends that. When I'm in a restaurant, it's certain words I'm not gonna use around. I'm not just gonna say out loud. Now, if I'm around my people, and it's just my people around, yeah, I'm gonna talk the way I wanna talk. But you still gotta know how to read the room. You know, if there's kids around, I'm I'm, I'm gonna try my best not to curse or or say you know crazy stuff. If if you know that somebody's of a certain sexual orientation, I'm, I'm gonna try not to use certain words to talk about certain topics um you know if if you know you got people who are of mixed race so sometimes might not be a touch on something racial or somebody has mixed children you got to watch what you say because you're going to offend them and they you know they might not be some people and, and you might be right about what you're saying but it don't mean that they ready for that conversation or they're gonna take offense to it because you know maybe they had a, a child by a, you know another another race or whatever so you know you got to be they said just read the room you got to know where you are you know you, in, you <laughs> I mean I know a lot of us had on wild personalities man that that, that that come out anywhere they go you know where they are you know whether they at work at school and then and, and they have that personality with anybody they do they the same way they would talk to their to their brothers or their sisters. It's the same way they talk to the, the pastor of the church, same way they talk to the <laughs> politician or you know, the neighborhood, the same way they talk to, you know, the mailman, same way they talk to anybody. They talk the same way. They, they might change a little bit how they word certain things, but they probably still have the same wild personality. And those people, you know, they adapt sometimes, too, or sometimes they don't have to. they just like, my personality works everywhere I go. And if it doesn't, you know, then they learn, then they adapt if they need to. So that's all it's about, man, just learning how to, uh, like I said, read the room, learning how to, to, and, and it's not always about, you know, I'm one of those people I have a bad habit of trying to make other people comfortable. I'm not trying to say, pe- I'm not trying to say nothing to make you feel uncomfortable. When I should just be myself, I should just uh, talk the way I want to talk and not, set limitations on myself every time because I'm in a restaurant and there's people around and I don't want to make nobody feel uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm at my table minding my business. I don't want to say anything to offend nobody. No, I don't want to say anything that's going to cause a disturbance. No. And I, and, and I aim to be respectful above anything. So a lot of times I'm not necessarily trying to be someone different, but I need to alter you know my behavior in certain situations you know I, if i'm at my job and i run across the big wigs at my job yeah i'm not gonna talk the way i was just talking in the room with with my coworkers no we're gonna we're gonna scale it back now once i realize that i can joke with them a little bit i will let my you know as i get to know them, i will let my my personality show and shine but i won't go too far because i know that you know what i'm saying i still gotta i still want my job so you don't want to go too far or get too comfortable the way in my last episode that guy that walked up on us and said that racial stuff you know start you know and he he got too comfortable he just said some stuff he really wanted to say but he was in a drunk state so he, he thought he had an excuse you know but anyway this has been a pleasure for me i hope it's a pleasure for you i hope you get something out of it this is episode uh number 6 of the agitators asylum podcast i'm aj the Agitator one and i will hopefully see you very soon or hope you will hear me very soon